Well, what's up, young adults? We're glad you're here with us on a Tuesday night. I just wanna let y'all know, if you're having fun tonight, you gotta be at conference this year. We have an awesome lineup of speakers. It's gonna be a great time. But really what that weekend all about is setting aside a time to see, hey, God, what do you have for me? And so that's why it's powerful, uh, and we just wanna invite you to be there. And I also wanna just say before I start my message tonight that uh, you know one of the things we've said here a lot at this church is that circles are greater than rows. And what we mean by that is you're sitting in a, in a row right now of pews, but when you get in a group and you're in a circle and you can be known and you can be transparent and share, that's when you're gonna experience some real spiritual growth. And so we just wanna encourage you at the end of the service tonight, you're gonna have an opportunity to sign up for some groups, and we have some awesome group leaders. I wanna encourage y'all to do that. Tonight we are continuing in our Glow Up series, and we know that a glow up, right, that's when someone like has a significant physical transformation, and you're like, oh, okay, like, you recognize it, right? And we're here to say that we're not worried about your physical appearance, we're worried about your spiritual growth, and we wanna see a significant spiritual transformation in your lives. That's our prayer for us individually and for you as well. And so tonight we're going to be talking about confidence, and really quickly I want to get into our text for the night. We're going to be reading out of Psalm 139. This is, man, you got homework already tonight, all right? Uh, Some of you are already drowning in some of that. Everybody who's post-grad is thinking, man, I'm glad I don't have to do that. You got homework at church tonight. We're not going to read the whole chapter here, but I encourage you, Psalm 139, as I listen to it today and, and just preparation, it's so good. And I want you to go and I want you to take it all in. But we're gonna be in verses 13 through 16. I had to give you all those four, but uh, we're gonna spend most of our time in verses 13 and 14 tonight. Let's read it together. It says uh, in verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. And man, that is a rich passage. And as we're talking about confidence tonight, we're gonna jump into that and see, all right, when we're looking at the the topic of confidence, how does that apply to us and help us shape a mindset that God would want us to have uh, towards our confidence? Can we get a show of hands real quick? Raise your hand if you've ever lacked confidence in your life. Okay, if you take a look around, everybody's hand is up. That's the answer. We know that, right? We know that, but sometimes in our own heads, it feels like, well, no one else is struggling with being self-conscious. No one else is struggling with lacking confidence. But the reality is, is all of us would say, yes, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. But the truth is, and kind of how we looked at stress last week, and we understood that God has a plan and a purpose for the emotion of stress. God has a plan and a purpose for how we would approach our lives, a steadiness and stability that comes from confidence uh, in him. And I wanna show y'all a, a picture real quick, and this is of myself and my twin brother. Take it in, all right? I'm the, I'm the small one, if you didn't know, all right? Just in case anyone has questions. Y'all, this, this is my twin brother, okay? This is my twin brother in seventh grade. 
taller than me, bigger than me, faster than me, stronger than me, in high school scored nine points higher on the ACT than I did and was valedictorian. And I'm over here like, hi mom and dad, shout out to my 21 ACT score, let's go. Yeah, we laugh, it's funny, right? Thank you guys, I appreciate that. If I could take it again, you know, no. But we laugh at that, right, and that's funny. But the reality is, is like, there's certain pieces of that that I can joke about now, but there were times where I was very self-conscious of that. And the, the reality is, is that all of us face those things. And so the goal of this message tonight, as we talk about growing your confidence, is not that you would just grow in your self-confidence. That's a byproduct of growing in your confidence of who God created you to be. When you become more confident in who God created to you to be, you will become more confident in yourself, right? That's the goal of this message tonight, is that you would grow in knowledge and confidence and understanding of who God created you to be. I wanna read verses 13 and 14 again uh, with y'all. It says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderful, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. As you read what the psalmist is writing here, there's a, there's a confidence, there's a stability, and there's a steadiness to that, okay? And that's what we're after, and we're gonna break that down, but we have to kinda understand, what are some warning signs that we might be lacking confidence in our lives? Because we have to understand, what are those red flags? We talked about last week that with stress, it's kind of this warning light like in a car that something's going on, you need to check the engine. What are some of those red flags, some of those warning signs that you might be lacking confidence in your life, that as we read in Psalm 139, that steadiness, that stability, that confidence in who God created you to be, what would be the opposite of that? What would be some warning signs? I'm gonna give you eight, all right? So put your seatbelts on. We're going through these fast, all right? This is not an all-inclusive list. These are just eight things that I think of uh, when it might be a warning sign that you're lacking confidence in your life. Number one is you are crushed when you fail. All of us are gonna fail in life, but when you fail, does it crush you? Does it like debilitate you where you don't wanna do anything else? If that's you, it might be a sign that you have some issues with your confidence. Number two, the success of others makes you feel worthless. This is me. When I see other people being successful and I feel like I'm not doing uh, all the things that they are, sometimes I feel worthless. And it's, it's a bummer because when you can't celebrate other people, you have to look and understand, like when you struggle to celebrate other people, there's probably an issue with your confidence. Number three, you feel like you don't fit in. Now can we just be real, and all of us have probably asked the question and are asking the question, even as you came tonight, do I fit in? Do I belong here? And I don't think that's always a bad thing to ask. You know, we want to be socially uh, aware of what's going on around us and emotionally intelligent. Like, those are skills that we need to develop. But if, we, if you are constantly doing this, when you walk into to a room and you're asking, how do I fit in? And you're just never feeling like you fit in. I wanna challenge you. Man, I think God has something better for you than that. Because one of the things that it does whenever you're following Christ and you're in a relationship with him is you go from like wondering how do I fit in, how do I fit in, to how do I help others fit in. You walk into a room and you're not thinking about how do I fit in here and how do I belong here, but you're saying how can I add value to other people. The fourth thing, and I wanna settle on this for just a second, we'll fly through the rest, is that 
when you look at yourself in a picture or you see yourself in the mirror, do you get sad? Do you hate what you see? Do you not like the way you look? Do you wish you looked another way? And it's to the point where it affects the decisions you make, the clothes you wear, the way you talk, and it trickles down and it impacts other way. Can I tell you that we live in an unprecedented time? No, no, no people in the history of the world have ever been inundated with so many images like we have. It's never happened before. We see more images as a society right now than anyone ever has before, and I only think it's gonna get higher and higher. And what that has done is it has caused, what is the root of a lot of people's lack of confidence? It's their physical appearance. Now, we care about your physical health, right? Uh, it honors God when we take care of our body and when we exercise and, and we care for ourselves and we eat well. I'm not here to say don't do those things, but I'm here to say that there's this undercurrent that's going on in our society that I think is not from the Lord, where there's this focus on physical image and appearance that is debilitating to people. And for some people, it's the very thing that drives every waking moment of their day. Research has confirmed this. When people back off from using social media, when they step away from it, what researchers have found is that people's body image and their view of their own success has actually increased. And so I say that and tell you that to say, man, maybe it's time you need to take a step back if you're struggling with that. What else that tells us is that there is an undercurrent and a movement and a focus on this that is new, that is different, and that is challenging. And I think, it, I think it's a really scary time to just be focused on simply your physical look and your physical makeup, and that's the motivator. Can I tell you, my grandmother's in a nursing home, and when I go and visit her, those people in there, you see the decay of the human body right in front of you, and I don't say that to be morbid, but just the reality that your body is slowly breaking down, and life is a vapor. It's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. And if you're putting all of your eggs in that basket of looking a certain way, you are going to be crushed by it eventually. And honestly, it's a sad thing because God's desire for you is not that every time you look in the mirror or see yourself in, the picture, in a picture, you hate who you are. You know, we don't honor God when we don't like ourselves. And I'm not saying we can't uh, not like the, the sin in our life or, or, or want to you know, see improvement in our lives spiritually, but when we just like hate ourselves, we're dishonoring the God who created us. You know, you don't wanna get stuck in the angst of I wish I was. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, some of y'all don't even know that reference, but I dated myself there. But if you're just thinking, I wish I was taller, I wish I was skinnier, I wish I was more muscular, I wish I was, I wish I was, I wish my personality was different, I wish I had, if you get stuck in the angst of that, you're not gonna live a life that's on mission for God. And he has much more for you than that. That's how you might know you have a confidence problem. Number five is you crave the approval of others. Six, you consistently feel as if you have nothing to offer. Seven, this might be the hardest one to see in yourself, but others can usually see it in you first, is you have this false facade of pride and arrogance, okay? Because what arrogance does is it puffs you up, but what confidence does, rooted in the Lord, is it makes you consistent, stable, and steady. 
You know, I found it in my life personally, when I get puffed up and prideful, it's usually because I'm self-conscious about something. We have to take note of that. Number eight, you're always thinking about yourself. And as you look at this list, what we were talking about is you, 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 you. But what happens is when we have a relationship with God and we understand who our creator is, it should always force us to focus outwardly. If you're constantly focused on you, yourself, you know? We live in this culture and this society that's like, I'm him, I'm that guy, I'm a dog, all that. It's like, if that's you, and it's just consistently like that, it's either gonna destroy you or by the end of your life, you're gonna look back and see all the opportunities you had to invest in somebody else. I'll throw a ninth one in there just because I've been thinking about it today. Bonus, okay? If you feel less than because of your relationship status, that's a big red flag. If you're in here tonight and I know there's people and you don't want to be single and I understand that and you have these desires and they're not bad desires to have a significant other, but if you feel less than because of that, that's not from the Lord. Your relationship status doesn't value your worth. So as we look at some of those signs, right, and as we go back to Psalm 139, how can we have this confidence, three points real quick, how can we have this confidence that just characterizes our life where people around us and in our own lives would say, man, they've just like got this confidence that they walk with. Don't you want that? Don't you want others to see that in you, this this confidence that you walk with that comes from the Lord? The things that we have to understand, we have to understand that God made us. That's the first point. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Some of y'all saw me come up here with this, and uh, this is a mug that I made in Art Foundations class my freshman year of high school. I had a C minus in that class, and some of y'all can see why. Um, I don't, how do you get better at art? Like, I just was bad at it, and I got a, I'm, I'm like pulling a C in that class, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to be better at art, all right? But I tried, and I made this mug, and I, my, my, why do I still have this? This thing is not good looking, y'all. I don't even know what color it is, but it, it's ugly. But I have had it since I was 15 years old. And the reason that I kept it is because I made it. it you know, it has value to me, and I mean, it's not that valuable to me. Like, if someone wants it, you can have it, but it, it's not that valuable to me. But I, I made it, so I kept it, like, I don't have anything tied to it, but I kept it and I made it. So it, it kind of had a little bit more significance for me. That, that doesn't even compare to the way that God sees you. And this point is like, yeah, I get it, God made me. But like, take a step back for a second and think about that. The author of heaven and earth created you and knew you in your mother's womb that he knitted you together. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says it so much more eloquently than I ever could. He says, this act of creation, as it is for God, must always remain totally inconceivable to man. For we, even our poets and musicians and inventors, never in the ultimate sense make. We only build. We always have materials to build from. All we can know about the act of creation must be derived from what we can gather about the relation of the creatures to their creator. And every day, when we're walking around, every person that we interact with is someone that was made in the image of God that God created and loves and knitted them together in their mother's womb. 
that's being really known. Like, as I listened to this today, I was like, God, you see me. You know me. You love me. You care about me. You made me me for a purpose. God made you. The second point is this, is God sees you the way no one else does. If you read those, uh, those words, fearfully and wonderfully made, the question that I asked was like, what does that mean? right? Because fearfully, it seems like a bit odd. And uh, we know this, that uh, much of the Old Testament, most of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, okay? And I think the psalmist, in using these words, was very intentional with the words he used. And so the word for fearfully, we see it a lot in the Old Testament. And usually, it is referencing to fear in the sense of we think it like scary. But also, the word fear uh, has kind of a bigger picture to it, that it's to stand in awe of something, So meaning that like, as God created us, we stand in awe of his creation. We stand in awe of that as we we are created by God, that just blows our mind. That each one of us is uniquely different and gifted, different skills, talents, abilities, personalities, and God made us all unique. And the fact is, is that like, we should stand in awe of God because of that. What about wonderfully? This really just means marvelous, but even a, kind of a deeper meaning to it is to be distinct, to be set apart. So God sees all of us in this room collectively, right? He sees his people, but he also sees us as individuals. He also sees us as individuals. God sees us in a way that no one else does. You know, Genesis 1:27. so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Man, we were made in the image of God. That's something that just goes beyond my understanding. You know what I'm saying? As I read that, I'm like, I don't fully understand that, Lord, but thank you. Thank you. You care about me. You love me. I was made in your image. And one of the things that I've been thinking about that helps paint a picture for me in the season of life I'm in is I have three kids at home who I love. But I love, one of my favorite things about my stage of life right now is that uh, both sets of grandparents live in Springfield for us. So my mom and dad and then my wife Emma's mom and dad both live in Springfield. So our kids get a lot of grandparent time. And what I love is so unique about being a grandparent, why I think grandparents love their, their grandchildren so much is that my, my mom and dad get to see in my kids, they get to know them and see them as they are as little kids, but they also get to see like how I was as a little kid in them. I don't know how I was when I was three. I can't remember that, but my parents have memories of that. And when they see my kids, they like know them in a different and deeper way. And I love that. And I, I'm so thankful to like get to be in that stage of life where I see that. And I think that that's just the smallest glimpse, the smallest glimpse into how God knows us and sees us. God sees you the way nobody else does. Third, we should respond with praise. What does verse 14 says? It says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So we think about this. We should respond by praising the Lord. What does that look like, right? Okay, because you could hear that and be like, okay, ah, praise the Lord, I'm, I'm in. But what does that look like? Well, I think the first thing it looks like is giving thanks to the Lord. When was the last time you said, thank you, God? Thank you for sustaining me. Thank you for uh, waking me up this morning. Thank you for the breath that I have in my lungs. Thank you for my health. Thank you that I'm here. 
We should be thanking God on a regular basis. And that attitude of gratitude that we have, I would challenge you, make that, make that your challenge over the next week, is as you wake up, are you thanking the Lord for sustaining you and for creating you? It starts by thanking God. That's how we worship him. Secondly, you spend time with God. You can praise the Lord by spending time with him, okay? Uh, as you hear me talk, right, and as we hear preaching, this is something we're commanded in scripture to gather, to not neglect meeting together, that the word of God is taught and that where two or three are gathered, there God is also. There is power in being together in a service uh, and being together as believers. But what you need to do is you've gotta take that into your personal, we saw it sometimes quiet time, devotional time. You've got to spend time with the Lord. If you're coming in here on a Tuesday night and you wanna glow up, spiritually speaking, if it's just a Tuesday thing or a Sunday thing and you're just listening, but you're never digging into the word on your own, you're gonna miss it. You've got to spend time with God. You've got to read his word. You've got to spend time in prayer. You've got to engage in the spiritual disciplines. One of those disciplines is being involved in community. That's why you join a group. Because you know what encourages you is that as you're with other believers who are living life on mission and on purpose, you know, and they can come alongside you and encourage you, that is going to give you confidence. You weren't made to do life alone. If you're trying to have confidence and you're going lone wolf mentality, it's not gonna happen. You've got to be in community with other people. You've got to spend time on your own in God's word, spending time in prayer, studying and understanding who God is. And if you've ever lacked the confidence, this is something that I hear a lot uh, in my role, is that uh, I think sometimes people think uh, those who are preaching or teaching, like, I could never be like them. Man, you have everything you need to know the Lord more intimately. Man, you just gotta get in there and you've gotta spend time with them. The thing is, it's awesome, is there's no pressure. We have the rest of our lives, whatever God has given us, however many days it was, to know the Lord better. And so if you have, you like lack the confidence, like, I don't know if I can read the Bible on my own. I don't know how to pray. Man, you've got to dive in there and you've just got to start because God has given you what you needed to know him better. And the Holy Spirit, as you have a relationship with Jesus, will guide you, will grow you, will sanctify you, will make you more like Christ. And so I just encourage you, you, you have what you need to grow with the Lord. The, the third thing that we do, uh, we should thank the Lord, we should spend time with him. But we should... Uh, come together, you know what I mean? And worship like I just talked about. We're gonna have an opportunity here at the end of the service to worship together, right? And, and to sing and to praise the Lord for who he is. The last thing is this, is that we can walk, one of the ways we worship is by walking in the good works that the Lord has for us. Ephesians 2.10, it's one of the, the most beautiful verses in the New Testament, it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him, in them. Man, what is it like? Like we are God's workmanship? Like he looks at us and we are his workmanship? We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So when you have a relationship with God, it's not a question of if God wants to use you, 
The answer is yes, he does want to use you. It's not a question of, do I have like anything good to offer? God working in you will produce fruit in your life and you will produce good works in the people around you, the community around you, your circle of influence. And so one of the best things that you can do if you wanna grow in your confidence is to get uncomfortable, to get out of your comfort zone, to take a step of faith, right? to take a leap of faith, to do something that you know on your own you're not equipped to do, trusting in the Lord. You wanna grow in your confidence? Step out in faith, take a risk, don't be afraid to fail. Man, some of my favorite people are people who've given, they've just stepped out in faith. They don't know all the answers, they don't know what the financial picture is, they don't know what all the ramifications are, but they step out in faith and follow God's leading in their life, and that will grow your confidence. It will. Every time I've stepped out in faith in my life, in my life or, or, or my wife and I have, have stepped out in faith and our family has stepped out in faith or our, our ministry has stepped out in faith and decided when we'd never had a conference before, we're gonna have a conference so that we can have a weekend where young adults can see what life on mission for God looks like and, and we can help cast vision for other people, uh, other churches of what young adults ministry can look like in their location, in their city, in their church. When we step out in faith, God has blessed it. We failed along the way. We've gotten a lot of things wrong. But when you step out in faith personally, when you step out in faith with others, God is going to show up and your confidence is going to grow with him. So I'm telling you tonight, some of y'all need to take a risk. Some of you need to take a leap of faith. God has created good works that we should walk in them. You know, you've heard me, a lot of, heard, heard me talk a lot tonight about a relationship with God. And uh, I love this story. I've got this shirt on that says High Street Institute plug, all right? We have internships. Come on. You can clap for that. We got a couple. Let's go. Interns, residents, come on. Uh, High Street Institute. We do residency program that's 11-month commitment uh, where you can take Bible courses and you can learn about practical ministry, what that looks like. Uh, And then we also have our internship programs that go semester by semester. And one of our residents this semester, Brooke McIntosh, uh, shout out to Brooke wherever she is, is uh, I I love her story. And You know, I talked to Brooke, I said, Brooke, what did it look like for you? Like, what was your confidence like before you had a relationship with Jesus, before you put your faith and trust in Jesus? And she was like, man, a lot of my confidence, it only came from the way that people viewed me. So if my teachers and my parents and my coaches and my friends and those in my circle viewed me well, I felt confident. But then I realized I could never live up to the standard. I could never uh, you know, completely be fulfilled and confident in that. And she said that started to bother her and, and that that was something that uh, really didn't settle well with her. And so she went to Missouri State University and some people started uh, stepping out in faith taking a risk and sharing the gospel with Brooke. And so as Brooke began to process through the gospel and and hear that, she said her initial reaction was like, I didn't want any part of it. I thought that everybody's faith was their own thing and like, I've got my thing. I don't want anybody else to talk to me about that. I wanna figure this out on my own. But as people continued to process that with her, she went from closed off to open, and she said she came to a service here at High Street, and uh, so, so thankful for those girls who, uh, and ladies who shared with Brooke on campus and just uh, invested in her and saw something in her that she didn't see in herself. And she said she came to a service and she was slowly becoming more open. And it was like it clicked. She was like, man, I, I need that faith. I want what they have. 
I've tried to do this on my own, but I want what, I want that relationship with Christ. And so Brooke uh, accepted Christ, began a relationship with him, and I was like, okay, Brooke, how did that change things for you, though? Like, what changed in your life? She said, I was more confident in myself after that. But not only that, I was more confident around others. But I, she said, I saw myself differently. I knew that I didn't have to live up to a standard anymore. She said she felt seen and known by God. But she said it also changed the way she viewed other people. That she grew, developed a passion for evangelism and discipleship of others because she started to see that, man, just like I'm created in the image of God, they're created in the image of God as well. And now I look at Brooke and all the people that she's investing in and all the ministry that she's doing and all the, the good works, right, that she's walking in, and I'm like, man, that's what we want for every person. If you've never said yes to following Jesus, you're never going to be truly confident in this life. But when you say yes to Jesus, it changes everything. And I don't want you to miss out on the good works that God has for your life. You know, scripture tells us it's simple as everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. If we admit we are sinners, we believe that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And we confess him as the Lord of our life, meaning we're signing over the authority from ourselves to the Lord, letting him lead our lives. We can be saved. You have that opportunity. And you know, I just wanna encourage you that as a group of people gathered here on a Tuesday night, in this room, watching online, listening to podcasts later, if you walk in confidence, man, just think of all the good works when we all get to the end of our lives that we'll see that how God used us and that our confidence doesn't come from just ourselves, just trying harder, but it comes from being rooted in the love of God and knowing who he created us to be.